0: This recording has been produced by Christ Church Jerusalem. For more information visit us at cmj-israel.org.
1: Good to be back again Uh, and yep. Now I wasn't here obviously the last time you did chapter six so I don't uh, know exactly uh, the, the how much of it you studied? You all of it apparently, yes? finished Okay, I'll ask in a minute uh, some background information. But we will begin in the traditional way, which is, we can't ask Neville to pray. He's not here. What was this? Goldie! <laughs> Do you want to pray for us? All right, let's pray. Lord,
0: thank you. Thank you for your love. Amen. Thank you for your word. Thank you for bringing us here together to learn from it. Uh, Be with us as we delve into Acts tonight. Your spirit will lead us on what we do ask in his
1: Jewish name. Amen. Amen. We are going to read Acts 7, uh, which is the portion that we'll be looking at. But for those that had studied Acts 6, is there anything in that chapter that you can... Uh, give a pre-say on? Anything that, that gives us a bit of background as to why we're in, what's happening in Act 7? What's Act 6 about?
2: It sums up by ending with the accusation that he's speaking blasphemous words against Moses and God, against the law, and this holy place, which means the temple. Yep. He is accused of Torah in
1: yep. the, the, the temple. So he's got charge of blasphemy. So who is this man who's been charged with blasphemy? Stephen. Who is Stephen? I hear you ask.
3: Disciple.
1: He's a, a disciple. He's a deacon. He's a deacon. Well, yes, that's he's a what, Greek. He's a Greek. Yes, he is. Uh, we know very, very little about him. Um, normally, you can Google uh, the, the Orthodox. Uh, books of saints or the catholic books of saints and they'll give you a beautiful history of this boy but there's not much yeah. all they know is that he's a greek jew with a greek name who reads greek because all of his quotes that he's going to quote are all going to come from greek septuagint so um and yet he is in jerusalem where one would assume what language are they speaking, speaking. yeah but they're obviously speaking all of them uh, and they even have Greek synagogues as well. Uh, what's interesting is that at the time of Jesus, the, 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 the largest number of Jews actually read in Greek. That was their Bible. Okay. That's not to say that Hebrew wasn't important. It was, especially in this land, as every single parable that we have found in all of human history, and there are 430 something of them, they are all in Hebrew. Yeah? That's that's. You only have parables in Hebrew, so obviously somebody can understand what they're being told, as opposed to I'm going to give you a Bible study and no one will be able to understand me. So will not that be a shock? None of them are in Aramaic.
2: There would have been a cultural and linguistic breakdown among the audience here as well. in said that Because the priests tend to, to be Hellenized. Yeah. And the uh, teachers of the law, the Pharisees, were the other component. Would, would more,
1: and more, more Hebrewized. That's correct. Now, in, in Acts Act six, you get a little information about Stephen, not much, which says in Act six eight. Now, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. So, what can what does Stephen? What can Stephen do? Perform miracles. For miracles. Isn't that wonderful? What's going to happen to Stephen at the end of chapter 7? No, no more miracles. So even the... Just, just, just know, isn't it wonderful to be full of the Holy Spirit, to have the power of God, to have God's grace, and uh, can do all kinds of things and still get killed by your enemies? Right? So um, it's a lesson for us to understand that because you have the Holy Spirit, it's fantastic, that doesn't make you bulletproof. Okay? You, that's... that's it, 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 things still happen to you physically, okay, and uh, and you see that in in this is remember this the genre we're reading is what type of genre? It's sacred history, yeah. so it's telling us the sacred history of uh, of how the gospel ends up in <clears throat> Rome. All right, so let's read <clears throat> Acts seven. Oh my, it's quite a long chapter. Oh my gosh, it's huge. Hmm. Alright, okay, well let's just get up to the stoning of Stephen, okay? Let's actually just read his defense, okay? If we get any further, which is actually the first 53 verses. Can we do that? Mm -hmm. Alrighty. So I'll start. And then we'll go that way. Sound good? Then the high priest asked him, Are these charges true?
3: And Stephen said, Brothers and fathers, hear me. The, glory, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. And said
2: unto him, Get thee out of that country and come back to England and come into the land of the <coughs> nations. Should thee.
3: When his father was dead. He removed himself, he walked in into this land, where he now. Because when no parents here, God even put the ground. God questioned that he and his descendants after him would possess the land, even though at that time Abraham had had no child. God spoke to him in this way. Your descendants will be
2: strangers in a country, not their own and they will be a slave and be for four hundred years. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, God said, and afterward they will come out of that country and worship me in this place.
3: Then he gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision, and Abraham became the father of Isaac, and circumcised him eight days after his birth. Later, Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob became the
0: because of the patriarchs uh, were jealous of Joseph, they sold him as a slave into Egypt. but God was with him
3: and delivered him out of all his affection and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he made him governor over, over Egypt and all his house. Famine and great suffering came over all Egypt and Canaan, and our fathers could find no food. <coughs> but when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent forth our fathers the first
0: time. On the second visit, Joseph told his brothers who he was and their own about Joseph's son, And Joseph sent and summoned Jacob, his father, and all his kings, seventy-five persons.
1: Then Jacob went down to Egypt, where he and our fathers died.
3: And they were carried back to Shechem and laid in the tomb that Abraham had bought for a sum of silver from the sons of Hamor in Shechem.
2: But when the time of the promise drew not light, which God has sworn to Allah, the people grew and multiplied in age.
3: To another king of those, which he not frozen. He dealt
2: treacherously with our people, and pressed our forefathers, by forcing them to throw up their newborn babies instead of days of At that time, Moses was born, and he was no longer a child, for three months, and was cared for in his father's house. When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son.
3: Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and was powerful in
0: speech and action. When Moses was 40 years old, he uh, de- decided to visit his own people, the Israelites.
3: And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that uh, was oppressed and smote the Egyptians. He was assuming that his brothers understood that by his hand God was delivering them, but they did not understand.
0: And on the following day he appeared to them, as they were quarreled, and would have reconciled them, saying, Men, you are brothers, why do you wrong each other? But then the man was of a push society, and said, Who may you wrong what and judge once?
1: And when Moses heard this, he fled to Midian, where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons.
3: Now, when forty years had passed, <coughs> an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai in a flame of fire in a bush.
2: When Moses saw it, he
0: wondered at the sight, and as he drew near to behold it. The voice of the Lord came upon you. Saying, I am God thy father, God Abraham, and
4: God
3: thy and God his servant,
0: and Moses, and Jesus our Lord. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sabres, the place
2: where you are standing is very direct. I did see the pressure of people Egypt. I heard groaning and I come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you out to Egypt. This is the same Moses that rejected with the words, Who made you ruler and judge? He was sent to be their ruler and deliverer by God himself, through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. Let the out of Egypt
0: perform wonders and signs of Egypt at the Red Sea and the 40 years of the This is the Moses who told the Israelites God will raise up for you a prophet like me uh, from your own people.
3: This is he uh, that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spoke to him in the mountain of Sinai and with our fathers who received the holy oracles to give unto us. Our fathers did not want to be obedient to him. But shoved him aside, and in their hearts they turned back to Egypt.
0: Saying to Aaron, Make for us the cross to go before us. As for this Moses who led us out from the land of Egypt, we do not know what will become of him. That was the time when the name of Lionel, the Lord the Cat. He brought sacrifices to him, and he reveled in him what
3: their own hands
4: had made
2: It in the,
0: book of the Prophets, and it written, it in the, and in the, the, 40 years in the
1: of You have lifted up the shrine of Molech and the star of your God, Raphan, the idols you made to worship. Therefore, I will send you into exile beyond Babylon.
3: Our fathers had the tent of witness in the wilderness, just as he who spoke to Moses directed him to make it, according to the pattern that he had seen.
0: Which also for the father
2: that came after Brother with Jesus in possession of the entire whom God laid out before the face of our fathers unto the days day. <clears> they <throat> who we'll found paper before God and desire to find the
0: tabernacle
4: for the God of David.
0: But it was Solomon who built the house for
2: him. However, at the most high is not building houses made by men, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or where will I be my
3: place? <clears>
0: Has <throat> not my hand made all these things? You stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit.
3: Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted, and they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the Just One, of whom you have been now the betrayers and murderers? You who received the Torah by direction of angels and did not keep it,
1: Alright, okay, so we'll see how much of that we can get through. So, <clears throat> there you go, that's the uh, defense of Stephen against his charges of blasphemy against the Torah and the Temple. What do you think?
2: He must have thought that the best defense was a good offense.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, what did he end up doing?
0: He's raging. He enraged them.
1: What do you think of his um, spiel? Is there anything there that jumps out at you in terms of what he was doing in a defense? But he was quoting some
0: things that I don't remember actually reading in Arabic.
1: Correct. He actually quotes um, Septuagint and um, uh, Greek, which is different from our Hebrew text. So some words are different, some phrases are different, some sentences, some whole verses are actually added in Greek that are not there in the Hebrew, and he does um, an interesting condensation of... He condenses some of the stories and melds them together, which then appear to be literally not correct. What are some of the things that he said in his defense that are just not true? Where is Abraham buried? Hebron. Nahon. You go to the Machpelah. We know for clearly from Genesis that, that Abraham did not buy anything in Shechem. He bought it in Hebron. Not from Chalmor. And not from Khamorim. So what is he doing? What, what, did he, what did he do? He condensed the story of two purchases of land mm-hmm. and put them all into one. But Abraham is not. Buried in, in Shechem?
2: Joseph got buried in
1: Shechem. Correct. Joseph got buried in Shechem. So did you do that
0: deliberately or accidentally?
1: There you go, that's a good question. What's the scenario? What's happening to um to Stephen? What's the, what's the context of Stephen's defense? Stephen is standing up in front of some very powerful people. Who likes to stand up in front of very powerful people? Who, you know, who really gets excited and turned on by that? Come on, now. Oh. <laughs> yeah. so, but, some, but Stephen's under pressure, okay? And what is sacred history? The, the, what is the Book of Acts as a genre? It's sacred history. It's a recording of what he said. That doesn't actually mean what he said is true. Sometimes people say, it's in the Bible, therefore it must be true. It's in the Bible, but that doesn't mean what that person said is actually true. Okay? He's doing a condensation. He's under pressure. He's beginning to... It's not like he picks up a scroll and says, Okay, well, allow me a few <laughs> moments to go and read you the correct uh, thing. He's just saying it. And he might make an error or two. And the, and the interesting thing about the Book of Acts is it doesn't try and correct it.
4: It actually records
1: what he said. This is what he said. Um, and notice that the Sanhedrin don't start correcting him. Oh, excuse me, that was um, but I keep, I keep going. Oh no, excuse me, that's not what happened. But but you can keep going. Is there anything else in his defence that he seems to that you that he says that you haven't heard before in your
2: Bible? There's different numbers of people going down
1: to <laughs> Yeah,
2: again, that's the... That's, none of this stuff really matters to the, the essence of what's going on. Correct. Interesting correct. In the Hebrew Bible that we
1: have, okay, where our, our Hebrew Bible, or our Old Testament, says that 70 people went down into Egypt. The Greek Septuagint says 75.
3: It's added to Joseph's
1: family. It's added to Joseph's family, correct. Okay. That's, that's all it is. Does it actually matter, as I saying? Not really, no. It just means they're reading a different version of the Bible. The scary thing is, as Protestants, that sentence scares us. Right?
3: Yeah, but there might, there might be five pregnant women, and they have Bible on <laughs> them. <laughs> I don't know. And that's
1: probably exactly what happened. <laughs> they didn't have TV back then. Of course, they do all kinds of things, right? Um, the, it, it's, remember, at the time of Jesus, you have multiple co- copies of the Bible, multiple versions. You have a Greek version, which is larger. You have a Hebrew version, which is smaller. And you have an Aramaic version, which is a, a transliteration okay? or a paraphrase. Isn't that interesting? And, and what happens is, in, uh, when Jesus is on the planet teaching, one of the things he doesn't say is, fix up your version of your Bible. Isn't that interesting? The New Testament quotes Greek Bible, which we don't use anymore. So what does that mean? We should throw the New Testament away? No. We should make corrections and only add in all the Hebrew versions? No. Just acknowledge that there were multiple versions of the Bible, they are in different languages, and the ones that our heroes have access to was predominantly Greek. And that's okay. Um, what are some of the other things that are actually in his defence? Is there anything that there's, there's? one key key word or person that keeps popping up, and I'll see if I can bring it out from you. Because often we just read, gloss over these things, and perhaps not pay attention. Who's in the burning bush?
3: The angel.
1: An angel. Who's talking to to, to Moses on Mount Sinai?
0: That
1: no. angel. Angel. That's what Stephen says. And you go, hang on a second, where did that idea come from? Because if you read the Hebrew text, and if you actually read the Greek text, it does not say that there was an angel. Where is he getting this idea from? Because Paul says it too. Read Galatians 3. Uh, 3 is it 19? Uh, Who's got that one?
3: Then why the Torah? It was added because of wrongdoings until the seed would come, to whom the promise had been made. It was arranged through angels by the hand of an intermediary. According to
0: my of several
1: <laughs> 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 Correct. Yeah. Well, yeah. Is that? Uh, yep. Yeah. So, what you've got, but you've got to remember—not remember. Not remember. Let, let's just go through the the way um, sacred history unfolds. You have the Jewish people, whom God is guarding and nurturing, and sending kings and prophets, and they build a temple. Orders expand and uh, all kinds of things. It doesn't always work out so well. In fact, that it actually ends up quite poorly. And we end up having to destroy the temple. And God moves his people to Babylon, which we all know is the first captivity. When the Jewish people return, again, not that many. A small portion, the majority of Jews living outside the land of Israel and still have been until this day. Um, we come back. Uh, we have the Ezra-Nehemiah idea where we, we're rehaving a look at the text and we're sort of asking deep questions about ourselves, saying, what did we do that, that, that let the house of God die? Like, what was it that we were doing wrong? So let's actually correct that. So they do that. They begin to really examine the text and they begin to have a serious, hard look. And that's where all the good, uh, uh, all the good material that we now find in the New Testament shows up. It's called the Second Temple Period. It's very prolific. They write all kinds of books. It's the, 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 all different types of genres appear, including wisdom literature and, uh, and, uh, and sacred history. And we even rewrite some of our sacred history uh, and, um, and, and different versions of the Bible begin to appear in different languages. And uh, certain stories are added or are found orally and then added. For example, Greek Daniel has three extra chapters than Hebrew Daniel, this kind of stuff um, and, uh, and then they also begin to have a hard look at God um, who's going to judge the world according to the early part of the Bible? God! and then in the second Temple period you start to decide, discover that oh my gosh, judging people and sending people to hell that's horrible God wouldn't do such a thing so, who's going to actually do all the judging and send you to hell?
4: God? No.
1: A middleman, a mediator. Yeah. You begin to create, or you begin to get the messianic character who's going to come and actually judge the world. So if you didn't have the book of Daniel, you would have thought that God's going to do all the judging. Now, all of a sudden, it's somebody else. And so there are other books in, this, in the same time zone, books like Jubilees, books like Enoch, that appear, that also discuss this concept that God is holy, just and good, and he's perfect and there's got to be this, this, these people in front of him that, that, uh, that guard him, and defend him and, 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 and do all the dirty work for him. So it says in Deuteronomy that God buried Moses, but that means God touched death. God can't touch death. Because God is life and God says don't let death anywhere near me. So how do we balance that? We now come up with this idea that Michael the Archangel does all the He buries people. So you end up with stories of Michael going around and burying all the heroes. It's wonderful. Then you get into the New Testament and you have a piece in the the book of Jude where it talks about uh, Michael the Archangel arguing with Satan over the body of Moses. Where do they get this idea from? It's from that time period. And the same goes with God physically coming and talking to a human. They, they struggled with this. You know, even Protestants struggled with this. Right? If I walked into God's presence, what would happen to me?
3: Damage.
1: Yeah, I would just burst into a pile of flame, right? My righteousness is absolutely horrible. And pfft, okay? That is nowhere in the text. Okay, especially when, you, when, when you've got Psalms saying, Lord, may your righteousness fall on me. Why would you want to do such a thing if God's righteousness is going to just kill you? Okay. But there were streams of Jewish tradition which were also contemplating that God is so holy. And, 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 and if God, if you heard his voice, you would fall down. And so there must be some other agent that is actually speaking on behalf of the Lord or for the Lord. And so they created this guy called the Angel of the Lord. Okay. and suddenly he appears in, in these, in these um, pieces of literature called the books of Enoch called the books of Jubilees
4: and um,
1: they, uh, this, this, this angel is inside the burning bush this angel is uh, the one that actually talks to, 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 uh, to Moses it's the angel who actually hands in the tablets it's the angel that he sits and eats with but not the Lord and that's how they begin to get around it and then Paul quotes it well, just because Paul quotes it doesn't mean it's true right. I know that's hard to to grasp remember different genres if Jesus said it that would be true. true right the way you treat a gospel is different to the way you treat a piece of sacred history true. just just right that's just that's just what we, we we do so we shouldn't be scared of the fact that Stephen's under pressure Stephen is Greek Stephen has a Greek Bible. Stephen comes from a world where they've got lots of other, other traditions of how God works and how He operates. That when he stands in front of the, of the of his accusers, you know, you're you're actually going, we're going to kill you because you're being charged with blasphemy. You know, this is the death penalty if you don't can't defend yourself. And immediately he starts talking, condenses <coughs> some sacred history, and includes material that he's very very familiar with, and and Luke faithfully records it. Okay. Whether there was an angel or not, okay. um, but, the, but, the, but the text, the book of Acts, demonstrates that it's entirely in context of the second temple period. This is not some gloss over, um, uh, that's been made up hundreds of years later from some guy who only spoke Greek. And doesn't know anything about the Jewish world. This is a guy who actually was very familiar with all of the Jewish traditions. And the material that was uh, available at the time. And he included it all. And I think that really actually helps us uh, know that these events occurred. And there really was this guy called Stephen. And he really did these things. And this is the sacred history of the early church. Have I scared anybody? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Okay, I'll shall try harder. Okay. Uh, okay. The, yeah.
3: I think it clarified it for me because the difference, like reading it back, like you know, it says the angel. That whole explanation. You're like, oh
1: yeah. Yep. Yeah, they, 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 The text in in, in Exodus doesn't say it mention an angel inside the burning bush, but here it does. But in between, in between. Um, Enoch and Jubilees which are second temple period Jewish books written about 200 years to 300 years before <coughs> Jesus this is the way they were talking okay? and, uh, and it's the way that they they believed okay
3: this is, means this Angel it's not Jesus I didn't say
1: that the <laughs> Torah
2: does reference in numerous places the angel of God's presence or the angel of God's face yeah Melaschopanim yep uh, so I'm sure that that's the association
4: side
1: of the angels yeah so they and so you end up with several angels being mentioned in the hebrew bible malachapanim although he only gets mentioned like two times uh malachamavet the angel of death was mentioned a couple of times even though god says i'm the one that's going to come and kill you it's it still ends up being the angel of death and you go hang on a second who's who's who here um, and uh, so it's, it, the hebrew bible does bring in some interesting tensions Which, when Yeshua's on the planet, those tensions are not smoothed out. Because they don't need to be smoothed out. What what Yeshua's uh, message, especially when he's with his disciples, is, I'm the king and this is how I want you to live. Mm -hmm. um... Alright, so let's have a closer look at 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 his text. So, verse 1. The high priest asks, are these charges true? Charges of blasphemy. The, 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 the book of Acts that knows, or the writer of Acts, knows 100% who the high priest is. He knows his name because we've mentioned him before. So why don't we mention him here? He's done this a few times now. He's mentioned uh, uh, in, the, in previous chapters of the book of Acts. He's mentioned Annas and, uh, and Caiaphas. And at the time, which, which is interesting, is at the time of, of the book of Acts, this, this this time period there was actually attention as to who was the real high priest mm. Mm. okay because technically according to the torah the high priest was to remain in position until what yeah. yes he wasn't supposed to it was not supposed to be passed down it wasn't supposed to be bought and sold it wasn't supposed to go from one to the other and what's interesting is that's exactly what was happening the temple had become corrupt but some people didn't accept it. So there would be this person called the High Priest, which was technically at this stage Caiaphas, except that by lineage, the real High Priest should have been Amos. Because he hadn't died yet. (coughs) And so Luke, being very clever, decided, I won't mention which one's name it (laughs) Okay, is. I'm not going to take a position on the thing. And so diplomatically, he just says, the High Priest. You go, oh, well, that's clever. Right? So, he asks these, are you actually doing blasphemy? And what would have been your answer? No. Yes. It <laughs> would have been a simple answer, wouldn't it? Okay, uh, no. Nope. Prove it. Bring in the witnesses that. But that, that he doesn't.
3: He takes example from Jesus because Jesus didn't offend himself, so, he just preached.
1: But this is a defense.
3: Ah, uh, okay. Jesus but- was silent. It's Jesus yeah, was silent. This guy is most
1: definitely not silent. Okay? And what he's doing is he's actually going to chastise them in his speech. By using certain characters and and, uh, and those and all the stories that go around those certain characters, which most of us know. And you can see why they, the the, the, uh, the leadership get very angry. So also remember he is full of the spirit, full of grace full of power and he's doing miracles mm, yeah. right? so if you had that kind of power and you were someone like Aaron um, what would you like to do? you'd do like a force move on them right? Just <laughs> blow them all backwards and out. you will be, north, be, be nice otherwise I'll rain fire from heaven on you okay? I'm curing people from the dead here so back off but he doesn't do any of that he doesn't use his power. He doesn't uh, demand angels come and help him. He doesn't uh, you know, appeal to the Lord and say, get me out of this mess. Instead, he goes on the, uh, on the attack. And so he replies, okay, Brothers and fathers, listen to me. Okay. So he, Achim uh, in, in In context, that is in the second temple period, who are the Avot? Who are the patriarchs? Who are the fathers? Twelve. Yeah. Right. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and the twelve. Yeah, they're the Avot. And so it's an interesting way to come and start your defense in front of the elders or the patriarchs of the temple by saying, brothers and Avot. I'm going to be talking about the Avot. So the, the, I'm going to be talking about the Patriarchs. So the first thing I do in my, my defense is, I'm going to just mention, you guys are supposed to be Patriarchs here. Yeah. You guys are supposed to be the custodians of, of, uh, of our, of our um, community. So he calls them brothers. They're just like me. I'm part of you. We're Jews. I vote. So it's, it's going to be one of honor, but it's also going to be one of, a, of an attack. Okay. Uh, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. Leave your country and your people, God said, and go to the land of I will show you. Okay. Any issues with that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Because that's actually not what's in Genesis. Mm-hmm. So if you go to Genesis 12. Now. It's important to notice that there are these interesting oddities about the story because um, skeptics will use these verses to tell you that the Bible is not true. Yeah.
4: Okay? Chapter 7
1: is one of the big chapters that skeptics will attack your faith. They will say, you can't trust your Bible. See, all the mistakes that are here. Mm-hmm. And so you may as well, in fact, you should, be brave enough to wrestle with them. Because if you just leave them, and uh, then when you end up with a brother or a sister who's not strong in their faith, you might, they, it's not going to help. Okay? So let's have a look at uh, uh, Genesis 11, starting at verse 26. And it says... After Terah had lived 70 years, he became the father of Abram. That's our hero. Nahor and Haran. This is the account of Terah. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. And she was the daughter of Haran the father of both Milcha and uh, Ishra. Now Sarai was barren to her children. Terah took his son, Abram, and his God's son Lot, son of Haram, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of Abram. And together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. Mm. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. So what does the book of Genesis tell us?
4: Terah took them correct
1: Genesis, th- this story says that uh, the word of the Lord came to Abraham while he was in Mesopotamia which is a rewriting of actually what's in Genesis which says actually God was already working with terror mm-hmm. but for some reason terror only gets as far as Haran stops so it's an interesting thing that the com- one of the comments that, 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 uh, that they make is that, or that Stephen is also using, is in early Jewish uh, rewriting of Bible, is that God said to Abraham, leave your father and leave your lamb. Mm-hmm. But what does he do? He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't leave his father. And so he obeys but only in a part. And so you know, it's just like all of us, we obey a little bit mm-hmm. and then and then we, later we obey it a little bit more because we're <laughs> sort of kind of working it and we're getting a little bit better.
2: Well, I believe the quote from Genesis 24 was the Lord speaking to Abraham in Haran.
1: Yes. The Lord said to Abraham, Leave your country, but it's not your country. He's now in Haran. In your country, you're, Correct. And go to the land I will show you. Yep. And it so, doesn't
2: preclude having said something similar in uh, Mesopotamia earlier. Right.
1: Because it's not there in the original text. But what you do is you have a uh, rewritten Bible. So in Jubilees and in Enoch, you have uh, Abraham having a discussion with Terah. According to those texts, what's Terah's original job? He was an idol maker. Yeah. And, uh, and he was making idols. And so, in, um, in the book of Jubilees, it has an interesting story, where uh, Terah and Haran um, uh, are making idols. Abraham tells, asks Terah, what's going on? These are not true. Mm-hmm. Terah says, I, I know they're not true, but I have to keep making them because this is how we get our livelihood. Okay? Mm-hmm. Then, an, then an angel, comes along and sets fire to the, the, the property with all the <coughs> idols and they all start to burn. Mm-hmm. And Haran runs into the shop to save the idols mm-hmm. and burns to death in front of his father, Terah. Wow. Which is, what, which is what you see in Genesis, but doesn't explain. Does it
3: say how he died? Yes, it doesn't say
1: how it? he died. Yeah. Right? It just says um, uh, that uh, Haran died before his father. And it doesn't say. Doesn't say why. And does
0: that before, mean before,
1: in front of?
4: In front
1: of. Correct. In front of. And so in Jubilees, it literally has him running out of the house on fire and falling in front of his father and dying right in front of him. So in my
0: translation, where it says before, it's
1: very confusing. yes, in front of.
0: They're both correct.
1: They're both correct. So he dies, he dies before his father did, and he died in front of his father. And so what they do is, the Jubilee is just this fleshing it out a little. Uh, and, and, and by this stage, in the Second Temple period, you've got angels doing all kinds of stuff. Okay, So it was an angel that was setting fire to, to the thing. Angels are doing all kinds of things. They've even given a, um, uh, a nasty name to an angel uh, who ends up um, inst- help making people build the Tower of Babel called... Uh, Mastama. Have you heard of this guy, Okay, yeah, he's, he's one of the angels. That, he's an evil angel. And uh, he's in league with Azazel and all these other... Samael and these other bad angels. You've heard of Azazel? Okay, he's in, he's in Leviticus. Um, Samael appears in Jewish tradition in the Garden of Eden but Mastema is the one who runs around and whispers in people's ears, do this, do that, do this, and he's the one that's uh, really bad. And um, when God's going to flood the world and kill all the evil angels, Mastema is one of the, his, 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 he goes to the Lord and says, okay, kill everybody, but but, but um, give, give me 10% of the angels, bad angels, so that we can keep causing trouble in the world, because that's just our job, right? And God says, yep, sounds good. And uh, so, what I'm trying to say is that in the Second Temple period, there is a very highly developed Mm, angelology. They have names, they have roles, they cause all kinds of mischief. Uh, And so, this whole idea of angels being everywhere is not something new, it's very, very old. According to Jewish tradition, when God came down on Mount Sinai, he came with 600,000 angels. And you know the reason why, yes? I think we talked about it in this Bible study before. One angel for every person who came out of Egypt. Because 600,000 men came out of Egypt. So according to tradition, when God came down, everyone got an angel. The sort of idea that you all have your own personal angel sort of appears uh, then, which is awesome, except that that doesn't help anybody. Because even if you've got a personal angel, they still commit the sin of the golden cow. so...
2: The word seems to validate this at least in some way, in part, with regard to the children's
1: animals <coughs> being called in the father's face at all times. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So there is a, there is a, a sense that some of the uh, thoughts about angiology that appears in Second Temple Period literature might not be that far from the truth. Why is Mount Hermon called Mount Hermon? What does Hamon mean in Hebrew? Many. The mountain of the many. Who are the many? No one lives up there. Oh, it's completely devoid. There's not even one church on there anymore. <laughs> okay. Um, no, nothing happened up there. Uh, or maybe. But according to Jewish tradition, that's where the angels came down. That were in Genesis six. To, to, make their plot, to mingle with the daughters of,
4: of
2: woman. Maybe there's a Deuteronomy in the passage that has something uh, about the 10,000s coming from that version? Yep. And that's a, a, a hint
1: that, uh, that there was this tradition that eventually gets written down, but only in the Second Temple, temple period. Okay. So the. the uh, Appears to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia yeah, sure, uh, before he lived in Haran that's not literally what this text says but we do have some other texts that have that all squared away for us that God had asked him to, to leave his country and leave his father's house which he did not do and, and he had to do it in stages so what does that do uh, uh, what does that say about uh, an attack on the temple authority how does that become an, an attack What's Stephen saying? You're the Avot. Look at our father Abraham. He, he's only, he only obeyed a little bit. You guys only obey a little bit.
4: Mm. May, okay.
1: You're the Avot. Look at some of our heroes here. Okay. So he left the land of the Chaldeans and he settled in Haram. After the death of his father, God sent him to the land, right? So what does, what does Abraham do? Does he leave his father's house? No, he waits till dad dies. Okay, that's not a good thing. Right? Because what has God actually said?
3: Leave. Leave. And but he doesn't.
1: Okay? Remember, it's sacred history. It's not something that we're to mimic. Right? Um, as we know in, in, in Acts, the choosing of the new leaders of the apostles is done by lots. Okay? That's, not how, that's not how Paul hires new people I'll just uh, give everyone a straw and whoever's got the biggest one gets the job okay? that's not how it works but it is how it works in acts okay? and so here you have this thing okay, after the death of his father God sent him to the land where we are now living he gave him no inheritance there not even a foot on the ground but God promised him that he and his descendants after him would possess the land Even though at the time Abraham had no child. So God spoke to him in this way Your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own. They'll be enslaved and ill treated for 400 years. So, a couple of things there. What is is Stephen appealing to in the story of the first of the Avot? A promise. Okay? Is that there's going to be a promise. Abraham, you're going to inherit this land. Well, how can I? Because I don't have any kids. Okay, it's going to happen. I said so. And then, how long are the children of Israel in Egypt for? Four hundred
3: fifty. Four hundred fifty. Four hundred. Thirty. Yeah, the number
1: keeps changing. <laughs> Okay, no, it really does. Okay, so um, as you go through the Bible, you end up. Some sometimes it says it was 400, then later on it says no, it was 430. Now we're back to 400 here in Acts. By the time you get to Paul in Galatians, we're back to 430 again.
4: Okay,
1: and um, it just means that there were two traditions running around: one in Hebrew, one in Greek. Okay, and uh, another one in Aramaic. Numbers were slightly different. No one seemed to worry. Okay, it it really shouldn't. It, because it obviously didn't worry Jesus. Okay, well, there's not one of the things where he goes, well, uh, one of the, I'll give you some parables, but then let's correct your chronology here. Let's get some of the uh, numbers worked out. It's not of interest. The point is, people were, they were in there for, for 400 plus. Quite a, quite a length of time. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves. Uh, God said, and afterwards they will come out of the country and they'll worship me in this place. And then he gave Abraham the Covenant of Circumcision, okay? which, is, which is cool. Because who else had circumcised their people at that stage?
4: You mean old?
1: Egyptians did it. Um, okay, so, um, but in this tradition, okay, the Covenant of Circumcision is given to Abraham from the Lord. I'm not 100% sure what the Egyptians are doing with it and why they do it, uh, but they did. Uh, My nation
3: does too. Sorry? My nation does too. Right. This, this
1: is now after. But here, here in, the, in the sacred history, it's so God gives you this, this right of circumcision. Fantastic. But these other guys already do it too. But for you, it's special. It's different. Okay? I mean, they had temples, but you're going to have a temple. Yeah, they had sacrifices, but your sacrifices are going to be different. They have priests, but you're going to have special priests. So, the pattern that the Jewish people get isn't something 100% new. other nations also have temples and priests and rituals and prayers and things, in and circumcision but there's something special about the way the Jewish people do theirs the the, the way you you offer a sacrifice uh, the methods that they're chosen from the way your priests are dressed the way that they behave and the way that they're genetically perfect and the way you will do your circumcision will be different and it will be a marking sign and will have symbolism and symbolism means things Okay. Symbols are very powerful.
4: Symbols are
1: all over our, our churches and, and sacred buildings. Okay. Uh, and Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him eight days after his birth. Uh, later, Isaac became the father of Jacob. Jacob became the father of twelve patriarchs. So we get this again, this lineage of a vote. Because the patriarchs, they were yeah. jealous. So, that's another dig. He's called them Avot. Oh, by the way, these Avot, they were jealous. Oh, just like you. Yes. Okay, they were jealous of Joseph. and uh, Which they all know from their sacred history. But he's his, because his, his initial words were brothers and a Avot. And fathers. Well, he gives them a dick. They sold him as a slave into Egypt. But God was with him. Okay. So who, who have, has the, our... Current event in the temple. What have they done to the to Jesus? They killed, him. Okay, killed him, betrayed him, and God was with him mm-hmm. and rescued him from his troubles. Okay. He gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain goodwill of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so he became ruler of Egypt and all his palace. And then a famine strikes Egypt, Now they already know all the sacred history. But he's going to keep using the sacred history as part of his defense, and he's flying through it because okay, he wants to hit some highlights about. The way the Avot behave, the way that God continues His promise, the way that God actually is with His 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 chosen people, the ones that He is uh, wanting to to save and rescue and and um, have an impact on. Uh, there was a great famine. There was great suffering, and our fathers couldn't find food. Then Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt. He sent our fathers on their first visit. On their second visit, uh, Joseph sold his brothers. In uh, told his brothers who he was and Pharaoh learned about Joseph's family. After this, Joseph sent for his father Jacob and the whole family 75 in all. That's the Greek version. But that's no surprise because Stephen, Stephanos, good Greek name, is reading Greek Bible and he quotes Greek at Okay. Then Jacob went down to Egypt where he and our fathers died. And this is where he melds. okay? And he blends uh, the, the purchase stories, or two purchase stories of property in the Bible, and, and just blends them into one. Their bodies were brought back to Shechem and placed in the tomb of Abraham that he had brought from the sons of Hamor at Shechem for a certain amount, a certain sum of money. So this is where skeptics come along, you know what a skeptic is? Yeah, the non-believers, the people who say that your faith is wrong and it's all wrong because Abraham is not buried in Shechem. And what would be your defense? What would you say to that?
3: It's not important.
1: <laughs> but they will say, but, but don't you believe this is the word of God? Isn't this supposed to be true? Isn't this, and if this is, then, but it's obviously not true, therefore it's not the word of God, so your faith is a lie. Yes. And that's actually the legitimate argument that they have in all kinds. Of and you will meet people if you haven't already. Um, And if you're not strong, if you happen to be with a a weaker brother or sister, their faith will shake and they go, maybe they're right. Maybe this is all wrong. And you think, hang on a second, I've got to help my brother or sister out here. And so what he's doing, remember, he's under pressure. He's reading from a different Bible. Uh, He's got lots of stories that are floating around out there. There is no such thing as a canon. Right. They have not decided what the, what the, what the canon of scripture is going to be. They don't know what books are in, in the Bible or out of the Bible at this stage. No one does. And so he, and, and as he's flying through his attack, and we have no idea what he's seeing right now, he might be seeing some very angry Sadducees.
4: Because
1: right? he's accusing them.
4: Okay?
1: Um, he melds the purchase stories of land, he puts it all into one. Okay? And, and uh, whether he makes a mistake or not, doesn't make the Bible untrue what it means is Luke accurately recorded that this is a very different thing to say as the time drew near for God to fulfill his promise to Abraham the number of our people in Egypt would greatly increased so what is, what, is, what is this piece of theology saying verse 17 what does God do with his promises he fulfills them he keeps his word. Okay, the other, all everybody else who's in, in here, they're not. Abraham doesn't initially obey; doesn't leave his mother and father's place. waits till his dad's dead. Uh, the brothers, uh, the, the wonderful, good, good uh, brothers of uh, Joseph, sell him into uh, into slavery. Everybody's jealous. But despite the fact that everyone's bad, God is true. God is faithful, and God will, will fulfill His promises. So He does. Uh, We've greatly increased. We've got another king who knows nothing about us. Uh, He had become the ruler. He dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our forefathers and forced them to throw out their newborn babies so that they would die. At that time Moses was born and he was no ordinary child. For three months he was cared for in his father's house and then he was placed outside. Pharaoh's daughter took him in and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. Okay. What are some of the interesting things with that little gloss of history?
2: Yes. Recurring theme of the true guy being rejected by the people of Israel. Yes. Just like you guys here. Yes. It's
1: an incredible deed. He's an incredible attack at them. And, he, and he, he's flying through history, but he's racing to the different patriarchs and saying, look what's happening here, boys. Okay. All the good guys, you're the ones that you keep. Rejecting, but and but look at the gloss. What's missing in the story of Moses? Yeah, watch.
4: yeah there's yeah. no river.
1: <laughs> it just just leads the kid outside. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's like, yeah, he's picked up a couple of days later. Someone's walking and going, "Oh, there's a baby. I think I might take that." Mm-hmm. There's no river. There's no miracle. Uh, it does say that Moses was. What's what's people's translations on verse uh, twenty, the initial first line? At the time Moses was born, he was
3: extraordinary,
1: extraordinary. beautiful, yes. interesting. What's
3: okay. oh, cool. the right word?
1: What have you got, Joe? Beautiful.
4: Beautiful. Okay.
1: Yes. There's a there's a there's a, a couple of traditions that tell us that um, he was gorgeous.
4: <laughs>
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the reasons why they picked him up was he was just a dropped dead kid. You know, and they dropped him go, Wow, there's one cute baby. I think I'll keep that. Okay. The other, another, another tradition is is that when Abraham that when the heroes of the Bible are born, what can they do?
0: Straight away.
1: Yes.
3: What, what? Speak.
0: Speak.
1: There's a Jewish tradition that actually appears in the Quran because the Quran picks it up, uh-huh. okay. because, because, because the, the, the people who write the Quran um, are talking to Jews and Christians, and they have everybody, all the heroes of God. Speaking right from birth, and you go. Well, that's how you recognise a hero. Is going to do something amazing? Is you going to do something amazing? But the word that's used here is they're not 100% sure that's true. But they go down the line that, that our hero is is good looking. Okay, but, um, uh, he's definitely a striking figure. He was educated in the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in
3: words and deeds.
1: Yes. Except that when you actually get to Exodus, what do you find Moses can't do?
4: can't talk. Okay.
1: <laughs> yes, he's done. Yeah, hang on a second. But no, we've got some rewritten Bible here where we've, we've got this idea that, no, wait a second. Uh, God, God seriously wouldn't choose a hero. He can't talk. That's just not intelligent. So we end up with these, with these uh, rewritten history where... Moses is good-looking, he's incredibly smart. Uh, he learns the language and skills of the Egyptians, including magic, and uh, he can he's, he's powerful in all his actions and, and, uh, and his speech, which is not what you actually find in a Masoretic version, the traditional version. Moses is a little in, in, in certainly not, not confident about himself not 100% sure everyone's ever going to listen to him so we really need my brother to come along and do all the talking. In fact, the first couple of miracles are actually done by Aaron. Okay, When you actually have a look at the actual text in Exodus, it's Aaron who has the staff of Moses and he's Mm -hmm. the one doing all the the miracle working and then eventually Moses looks at him and says, oh man, my turn. Takes the stick and continues on. Did he remain
3: stuttering? Sorry? Did he remain stuttering?
1: But the point is, is that... We're, we're having a go, that the people that everyone else is rejecting okay, is, the, is the actual redeemer okay, which is exactly what our heroes, the Avot, have done inside the temple so his defense is actually just an incredible offense
4: right?
1: so Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his fellow Israelites it does not say how old Moses is in the text <coughs> That 40 comes from, from um, Second Temple period Jewish literature. Okay? It tells you how old well Moses was well, when he died but that's because that's the way you do things.
4: Okay? All right?
1: uh, he saw one of them being ill-treated by an Egyptian. He went to the defense uh, avenged him for killing the Egyptian. Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue but they did not. I do
2: think we can reconstruct the 40 years the account, he died at 120, 40 years in the wilderness, and it was 40 years in uh, w-
1: with the Armenians. Right, yes. So you can you can work backwards, but in the in the rewritten Bible, they deliberately add his ages at the time where he does everything. Okay. Um, so here he uh, is a is God was ho- Moses was hoping that they would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. So that's another dig at our such as and people the next day moses comes upon the israelites they're fighting and um uh, he tries to reconcile but it doesn't work the men who are ill-treating him or ill-treating each other then, then come along you, you know this uh, this story because it's in the actual uh, hebrew text um do you want to kill me as you killed the egyptian yesterday moses hears this and he flees right and then he settles the and he had two sons um, it doesn't mention that he, who to who he married
3: mm-hmm.
1: right uh, why not
3: because she was not
1: jewish she wasn't no <laughs> she was uh... it bothered it bothered the israelites then and it bothered the israelites now Okay, and, they, and they don't even name them his children either, because they go bad yeah. according to the book of Judges, they end up setting up idols in the tribe of Dan so they, they don't do well at all and so God obviously knows this, and, and when he's um, choosing who's going to be priests before him, he decides to choose Aaron
4: okay.
1: but uh, uh, we, Moses hears this and he flees to Midian, um, and after forty years have passed, an angel appears to Moses in the flames of the burning bush near Mount Sinai. Okay, um, and, uh, and so you have this well-developed angelology, where you don't, you can't have um, uh, God speaking to people because they'll just die. Uh, you end up with um, uh, with the an, an angel doing it. But it does still say the
3: voice of the Lord. Yes, it does. Sorry, what, what it does still say the voice of the Lord. It doesn't say the angels. Yeah, I know.
1: Interesting, isn't it? So he jumps back into Masoretic text, even though it's uh, the, the literal text in Greek. So when he saw this, he was amazed at the sight. He went over, looked more closely. He heard the voice, the voice of the Lord, uh, uh, which is interesting because it was actually the, the initial thing is that you, have, you have an angel presence as well. So the, he sees an angel, but he hears God's voice. I am the Lord of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembles with fear and dares not look. The Lord says to him, Take off your sandals. The place you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. Come now, I will send you back to Egypt. This is the same Moses whom they had rejected with his words. Who made you ruler and judge? So, who have the vote the, the, rejected? They've rejected Jesus. Now note, these are Sadducees.
4: Not right? Pharisees.
1: Not Pharisees. Okay, You're looking at your... Because the Pharisees will defend the movement. They're different to the Sadducees. The Sadducees are the, are, the, are the enemies of the gospel. The Pharisees... Really not worried. Okay? What's interesting is Paul's attitude, which is very, very different. Paul's teacher is Gamliel, mm-hmm. which is his teacher. So he's supposed to mimic his rabbi. He's supposed to look like Gamliel. What does Gamliel tell the crowd to do about the movement of Jesus?
4: To leave them alone.
1: Leave them alone. So what does Paul do? Does he obey his master? No. Paul, for a very brief moment, switches sides. Stops being a Pharisee and goes off to her and gets permission from the Sadducees. Okay? Which is a very interesting thing for him to do, okay? and uh, uh, and that's uh, and he becomes a, a will literally be a forget a traitor,
4: okay?
1: and um, uh, which is what happens uh, in Jewish thought. That's what happens with with uh, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve are traitors because they 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 uh, they are, they don't they disobey the Lord, but they. Uh, they are bogedim, and so, in their treachery, they do a treacherous act by disobeying the Lord, um, what does God have to clothe them in bag mm. same word yeah. Yeah. and the, 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 there 's an interesting word play when, the, when Jewish people read the Bible, they find all this stuff there 's a word play um, that the the uh, God clothed them in or and uh, there's, there's two ways to say or, or with an "ain" is light, mm-hmm. or with an aleph is, oh sorry, or with an aleph is skin, yeah. or with an, oh sorry, oh, the yeah. other way around, backwards, Aleph alef, light, Ein skin, is that um, the, 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 one of the traditions that, that have is that um, before Adam and Eve had clothing, they actually didn't have skin like you and I have skin. They had light. They had like the presence of the Shekinah. God wraps himself in White. light. And so this this sort of idea that that they were shining like the Shekinah. They were they were and then after they fell and failed then they ended up getting this horrible stuff.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. But is it's is it, is it an interesting take on the, on, on, um, the text, okay. I also thought the skin was just, uh,
2: killed an animal.
4: Yeah,
1: but, um, he did. But they, so they'll say, remember in Jewish tradition, you don't just have one, trend, you have many. So they'll say that God, because the text says he made them animal skins, which is, and what's the, what's the skin of the animal that's mentioned in the garden? Snake, Have a it to use a snake skin. Mm. Um, but there is also another tradition that ha- that plays on the on the whole light skin idea. Okay, but here, okay, so so when people do, do read this with a fine tooth comb, when when, Mo- when he's saying Moses, whom they have rejected, with the words, "You made them ruler of judge," he sent their ruler and deliverer by God himself through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. Okay, so we're back again to this angel idea, even though we've heard. He literally quote the text saying it was the voice of the Lord. He led them out of Egypt, did miracles and signs at the Red Sea and in the desert for 40 years. This is that Moses who told the Israelites, God will send a prophet like me from your own people. So he again brings back the idea there's going to be a promise. The promise is going to be fulfilled um, even though you are keep, keep losing man.
4: Okay.
1: Um, and keep uh, 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 missing the, what God is actually doing. Uh, he was in the assembly in the desert with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai. Even though in the text it's actually God. But Paul himself, as you know, also has an, has an idea that the Torah was mediated by our angels. Um, with our fathers and he received living words to pass on to us. Living words. Or what, is, what are some people's translations at the end of 30? Living oracles. living oracles because the tradition that uh that when god wrote the 10 commandments the the very words themselves moved on the tablets right so when when moses was coming down the mountain he was holding on to these tablets and the words were re- the letters were rearranging themselves making new sentences making new teachings uh, Describing new wonders and things, they were alive. And then, as he was coming down the mountain, they saw the words, saw the sin of the golden calf, and went. <gasps> and then they ran away. Okay, went back to heaven. So there's this is this uh, tradition uh, that the word of God is living, and it can sense sin. And um, and and um, Stephen uh, notes. That he received living words Okay, and this is what kind of he's making the allusion to the fact that uh, the word of God is living and it can move and it can react and it's only a hop skip and a jump for the next sentence the word of God became flesh Okay, the living word takes on living form it's not that far to, to jump it's not a Greek thought it's actually a very Hebraic thought that that can actually happen but our fathers refused to obey him now think about that sentence he's called them brothers and avot and fathers. fathers and avot and our, our avot they continue to disobey him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead they reject him and their hearts turn back to Egypt right, which is idolatry, paganism okay, comforts, so this is a big attack uh, they told Aaron make us gods that we don't know um and, and, and from this time they made an idol in the form of a calf they brought it sacrifices to it and they held celebrations in honour of their, what their hands had made but God turned away and gave them over to the worship of heavenly bodies this agrees with what is written in the book of the prophets um, did you bring me sacrifices and offerings forty years in the desert house of Israel you have uh, lifted up the shrine of Molech and the star of your god Raphan. the idols you made to worship therefore I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. That's from Amos. If you actually go to the Hebrew Amos, you'll discover there's a few differences. But that's okay. Okay, You've got a Greek version and you've got a Hebrew version right, of the same prophet.
2: Mm-hmm. Just a bunch of uh, dispute over the identity yes. of the idols.
1: Yeah, that's all it is. It was just as, uh, as, as, as people were translating from Hebrew into Greek, they had different access to different gods that they needed to, to be working
2: at. Oh, the Greeks, good. the Greek has an Egyptian god and the Hebrew has a Syrian, a Syrian god. That's all. Now, the thing is, guys,
1: this can be used by skeptics to try and pull your faith apart. They will say, Look, this he is quoting from the Bible, but it's different. And and some people can get scared and nervous, but don't. Don't be. Okay. It's that just wouldn't have been what bothered his audience. Not at all. But
2: they were, but- Said about was his invocation of the irrelevance of <laughs> sacrifice. Yes. <laughs> Long prophetic tradition that had been suppressed by the priests.
1: Yes. What did they not do while they were in the desert? Offer sacrifices. They did. Yeah. Well.
2: yeah. This is a this is a huge claim here. He's yeah. quoting Amos. Amos yeah. makes the original claim. It's not original with Stephen. Right. He's saying, well, for 40 years all the sacrifices he made in the desert.
1: Yes, to, to false gods. And he's talking about the temple as well.
2: He's inferring the Tabernacle of the Convocation here.
1: Yeah. He's doing what's called a, a very clever Midrash, where you want to make a claim that the, the temple is fake, it's corrupt. And so what you do is you find a, a verse that backs up your claim. It might be taken out of context. That's not important. You use the verse. In a very clear way, and the challenge is that all of this that's going on out here—this is bad. It's not. It's not to God. You're not even worshiping the real God. In fact, you've missed it. You've constantly refused to obey. You've—you've you've persecuted the, the prophet. You were told this one was coming. Uh, you're just like all the other apostles. Okay? It's, a, it's,
0: it's, its big stuff.
2: Okay? He's doing a very, very clever midrash. And um, I think I think it's more than midrash. Peace. He he spearheaded a prophetic movement and a prophetic insight across generations of prophets that God wasn't interested in the sacrifices at all, ever. So there's a whole you know, those whole questions of what exactly was going on through all know, that is an interesting question. But he's speaking yep. he, he for God here, saying God never desired it at all. He took no pleasure in it at any time. Right. Generation came on. He inspired Hosea. Hosea takes up the same theme. Yeah. yeah. In, uh, That's right. Don't desire sacrifices,
1: mercy. But, but mercy.
4: But
1: mercy. Isaiah says the same thing, or roughly the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, in different ways. Yeah. Okay. So. Our forefathers had the tabernacle of the testimony, okay, which is what it's mostly called in the Bible, okay, the Ark of the testimony or the Ark of Witness, okay, so that um, it is the uh, the Ark of the Covenant, but it's, it's most often called uh, a witness with them in the desert. It had been made as uh, as God directed Moses according to the pattern he had seen. Having received the tabernacle, our fathers under Joshua brought it with them. I mean, he's flying through some history here, and he just forgot, doesn't mention angels this time. Okay? So now God's directing him, although once you get into books like Jubilees, it will be, it'll be an angel doing it. But remember, he's, he's, he's in the middle of uh, attacking, his, of a high-pressure situation, so he's not always keeping himself coherent. Um, having received the tabernacle our fathers under Joshua brought it with them when they took the land from the nations God drove them out. Before them it remained with the land until the time of David who enjoyed God's favor and asked that he might provide a dwelling place for God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built the house for him. However the Most High does not live in houses made by men. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. What kind of house were you built for Says the Lord. Oh my gosh It's another affront. <laughs> the temple was a mistake. Yeah, is it empty?
2: Mm-hmm. And um,
1: I wouldn't go so far as to say it was a mistake.
2: No, that's what Stephen is suggesting here. If you uh, read carefully the Kings and Chronicles. God never told anybody
1: to build a temple. It was David's idea. It was David's idea. God said,
2: "Hold on here. Uh, I'm going to have a son. You're going to have a son. He'll build, build. the temple."
1: It. Yeah, it's, that's what. Right, the command isn't from God to build a temple. It comes from man. Um, however the, the 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 Lord still is in the temple claiming it to be a house of prayer for all nations. Yeah. So it has some impact. But here he most definitely is saying what is the, what is what's inside the temple? It's empty, it's not working, it's completely not there. Right? The the most high doesn't live in, in this. Okay? For everything you think you're guarding, it's not there. When Pompeii had entered the temple and he actually entered into the Holy of Holies in 63 BC what did he find in the middle? Nothing! So his famous line is he comes out and he says you're all atheists. No? And, uh, General Pompey declared Jews to be atheists because in Greek th- uh, thinking or Roman thinking atheist meant no God. How did he know they had no God? There was no statue. It was empty. It was a vacant <laughs> room. Moves, goes, goes. Remember the temple curtain falls.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's nothing actually there. You put a curtain back up again to hide nothing. So uh, stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, uh, which is an interesting thing to say. You are just like your avot, your fathers. Okay, you're just like them. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Now this entire chapter. It's not resisting God, it's not resisting the Torah, it's, it's an interesting thing to resist. So, What do we learn from this one little this verse? Was there ever a prophet your fathers did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him, you who have received the law that was put into effect through angels. Again, this idea, Paul quotes the same thing. You have not obeyed it. Okay. But you can resist what? Holy Spirit.
3: Mm-hmm. How? I don't receive it.
1: Is that what you get from this entire thing? Okay? So here he is spending the entire text telling them what? What's he been telling these, these people? They rejected Jesus. They, they murdered. the betrayed God. They didn't obey the Torah. They received it, but they didn't obey it. Okay, they're just like their fathers. They're of the desert. They're jealous. They're guarding an empty thing. Um, and it's all summed up by you resist the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so when we we have it's an interesting thing. How do we then resist the Holy Spirit? What is that? How would that look like for us?
3: Not believing, not to be.
1: What do people think? What would be the opposite of res- resisting the Holy Spirit? Not resisting the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. Can you think of another verb that would come in? And he's going to die for this.
4: Receiving.
1: Receiving.
0: Listening. Listening. Listen.
1: Listen. Listen. This is the only time that Paul uh, that Stephen uses or appeals to the Holy Spirit. Prior to this, he's talked to, uh, used various prophecies and prophets. He's used uh, various patriarchs and our vote. And all of a sudden, he says, "You resist the Holy Spirit." He knows he's got the Holy Spirit. He knows what the Holy Spirit can do. What, what does the Holy can the Holy Spirit do in him? They're
4: miracles. miracles. Yeah.
1: Okay. in Acts six it tells us this guy is full of the Holy Spirit, yeah. and he's doing all kinds of miracles. So he knows what it's like to not resist the Holy Spirit. If there's a guy that can can say this, he's yeah. Kind of yeah. And so he turns around to these people, whom he's just chastised most thoroughly. Yeah, he's had a good verbal. Tongue mashing of all of them, and uh, and then challenges them and says, "You guys resist the Holy Spirit." Okay. This is the reason why you can't do what we're doing. You
4: always, you, you always, always, yes, you
1: always done it. That's a big charge too. And okay. sometimes, um, nice. yes, yeah, but like, so that, here's the Jesus movement, which has received the Holy Spirit, has had the Holy Spirit come upon them in power, and where you can fight demons, you can. Shadows will heal people. You know, I mean, you do all kinds of things. It's not going to protect you or save your life. It's not the job of the Holy Spirit. It's got other stuff. But here's this challenge. Is you guys resist, always resist the Holy Spirit. So I think, um, uh, I'm not always 100% sure what that means. So I'm trying to discuss it with you guys. Is um, uh, they have resisted.
0: Well, they heard Jesus.
1: And if they and if and if Jesus wasn't enough to not listen to, what else have they, they listened to? Sorry. Arias has mentioned it a few times. The yeah, they haven't actually listened to the intentions of the text. Okay, you had the text, you had the Holy Bible, you know it was given by angels. Okay, and yet you don't even obey it. <laughs> Okay. Um, it's like, uh, imagine if, if an angel came and gave you a book. Like tonight, you're about to put the key into your door. An angel comes down and says, <laughs> here, it's so a book. You go, wow, awesome. What are you going to do with
0: it? Read it. Are you? Preserve it. Honour it. Eat it. <laughs>
2: You're going to eat it.
4: <laughs>
1: no, I would, hope, I would hope you would read it. I would hope I would read it. I would hope I would preserve it. But maybe not. No. Maybe we would read it once and then go, and then go, hey, R.E.A, let's have coffee. I've got a really interesting story to tell you. This angel just showed up, gave me a book and I read it. And then e. goes, so you're doing it? Oh, hell no. <laughs> it tells me to do all kinds of stuff that I don't like. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that sometimes, even though angelic beings can come and do stuff with people, and you've got all kinds of stories around the world about angels, about people seeing miracles, about people having healings, okay, and yet, people still don't believe.
3: Mm. So can we resist the Holy
1: Spirit? What do you think? Of
3: course.
1: You think yes? What about how? That's a good question. See, isn't it interesting that sacred history doesn't tell us uh, this is how you resist the Holy Spirit and give you a list. Here we're going to have to infer it from the text sometimes. We're going to have to discuss amongst ourselves and, and, and urge each other on not to. Um,
2: well, we as human beings, we, we, we replicate these same things. What's, in essence, Stephen is saying, you set up a religious system set up this that another you're administrating it it can go on forever without the slightest uh, presence or service of God And, of it. and we, we do the same thing. We set up systems and habits and buildings. We substitute all kinds of things for uh, actually listening to the Lord. You know, yeah. Following
1: his Lord. Yeah. It's a it's a good good lesson for any institution.
4: Amen. Mm-hmm. Yes. So is the Holy Spirit
1: is the Holy Spirit and? Jesus, two separate things. Two separate things. Yeah. What do you mean by that
4: question? <laughs> well, like if you reject Jesus, you're rejecting the Holy Spirit, and if you reject the Holy Spirit, you're rejecting Jesus. Okay. But okay. The, in, in that text, in, in that
1: context, you would say, yeah, they're synonymous. I think. Okay. I think. Uh, does anyone disagree? You're allowed. To, um, I, I, I think in that, in that, in that context, the way that. That language is used. Yes, I think rejecting the Messiah would be one way of, of rejecting the whole, Holy Spirit. Here they say you are always, or, or Stephen's charge is you always. Okay. Now remember, just because Stephen says it doesn't mean it's actually gospel. Okay.
3: Yes, but it was what was said. No, no, no. We know what was really said because yes, Stephen's
1: faithfully recording it. Okay? But did he mean to say
3: Jesus? Well,
1: nah, I do I, I, I think he meant to say the Holy Spirit, because that's what, what he said. Um, I don't know of any Sadducees that come to faith. Do you know of any Sadducees in history that ever come
2: to faith? There are numerous of them that came to faith in the Book of Acts. Many of them Sadducees. were obedient to the faith, as the text tells
1: us. Actually, that's true. So, at some point, some of them will not resist the Holy Spirit. So that's that's a good point. Is that uh, we know we know many Pharisees come to faith. We you
2: know that they. This chapter and this whole event here seems to be a pivotal event in my opinion. It is so confrontational and so starkly drawn yeah. and pulled out such deep and powerful antipathy that it almost was like, this is, this is it. We're going to now get on with the further project. Of course, then the next chapter goes to Samaria.
1: It's like we you start you start the, the migration away from Jerusalem, which was the command way back in Acts one which we haven't done. <laughs> okay, it's taking a little while before we actually get get going. But remember that was also Abraham's issue too, right? And,
2: and it is also like a little bit of obedience. but not, not 100%. And he is he is hinted here, at and not even said explicitly. God is doing the final hardening for these people. It's it's absolutely no excuse after this. Camps are separated, the final decisions are final, and God gives up on this particular group of folks, all except one of them holding some clothes. <laughs> it, it, it seems to be a, a, a crossing of the Rubicon to me. You it's think it's, a, yep. uh, yep.
1: yeah? Yeah. Oh, yes, this is uh, the, the persecutions, violent persecutions break out at this point. Yeah, the crossing of the, everyone knows that expression, crossing the Rubicon? Nope. Okay, um, that's uh, is it Julius Caesar? Yes. Yeah, it's an
2: irrevocable act of commitment yeah. that can't be taken back. in Yep.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, Rome is in in the in the in the throes of a civil war. Various generals are fighting over power. Their armies are camped on the opposite sides of a river. At the moment, there is no engagement. You can. Just move your armies around, you can use the Senate to try and figure out who's in charge who's not in charge. But uh, what happens is, I don't know whether Caesar hears information or something, but he moves his army and he crosses the, the river, committing his forces to battle one way or the other, he's going to win or lose, and it becomes an expression. You've crossed the Rubicon. Um, you, you can now, no, no longer. A decision will now be made, one way or the other, positive or negative, the outcome will happen. A battle will be fought. Um, and yet something happens here. Uh, Stephen's, St- it's, it's, you know, Stephen has had two chapters, which is you know, a lot of time in terms of someone's sacred history. Particularly when we've got, how many apostles have we not talked about yet? A lot. Um, and, and it's interesting that these, this little group of men, who are all Greek speakers, the Jews, they're Greeks, are full of the Spirit able to do miracles, all kinds of signs and wonders, known in the city, captured, brought before uh, these, the temple authority, and then in a very direct and beautiful way, condenses 22 books of the Bible, plus all the extra apocryphal stuff, and, uh, and makes his, his challenge that, uh, that um, what, what you're guarding is empty, You've, you've completely missed the plot. You're constantly ignoring the Holy Spirit. You don't. You haven't listened to any of the prophecies. You're holding in your hand. This book was given by angels. You may have read it, but you're not not obeying it. Um, and it's it is it's quite a direct, quite a direct uh, uh, challenge. So no wonder they're going to kill him. You know, they they almost have nothing else to do. So. Um, Going back all the way to the chapter uh, verse one, is that the defense you would have given? You know, the, the, the question was: have you been charged with blasphemy? Or is any of these blasphemy true? And most of us would probably say, Well, if the charge is blasphemy, no, I didn't do any of that. But actually, he does something completely the opposite. <laughs> um, so
2: well,
0: it was following Jesus' example by not answering the question. There you go! It's a good
1: Jewish thing to do, yeah. yeah. He, I think it's, a, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing speech. Um, and, and it's all under pressure. You know, he's, he, he's just he's by himself. And it's well, the Holy Spirit, of course, but... Notice the Holy Spirit does not help him to correct any of his errors. Isn't that interesting? Okay? Just because you are full of the Holy Spirit actually doesn't make you infallible. Read that Catholic Pope. You all have the Holy Spirit, yes? Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. Does that mean we always, always tell the truth? No. no. And that's probably a good lesson as well.
3: Okay. And I think it was young
1: then, uh, Stephen. Does it say they are young? I don't know if it's... it, it, gives, it might give their ages
3: i it somewhere, but I don't It doesn't think. mention
1: any wives or brothers or sisters or anything, so he might have been young and not married. I'm uh, not, not 100% sure. But uh, anyway, I think his uh, his use of Bible is very interesting. <coughs> and, um, and is that a good example for us? To know our
0: Bible is important, to our Bible word with the Bible is coming I would say yes,
1: surely. And even if we get it wrong like sometimes, that, it's that's okay.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Even if we get it wrong, you know? There's that expression that says if you don't know what... Uh, you know, Jesus says if you don't know, you're going to be brought before kings and emperors. And if you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit will speak for you. That doesn't mean you're going to get everything chronologically correct.
3: Because oh, I've heard a cessationist said that. Like if you say... If you believe in the Holy Spirit and you were under the... what is it? If you were filled of the Holy Spirit and you say something and it wasn't true. Like I've heard that saying... Some people say they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they say something, but then later on, it's like, was it completely true? And then people attack that and they're like... Yep. Then you can't say that you were under the influence of the Holy yep. Spirit because what you said was not true. But in, the, in this case,
1: it's... We know he's doing, the guy's doing miracles, Yeah. okay? And yet when it's time to come to his defense, he quotes yeah. Bible that's not in the Bible, he's quoting a complete different version of the Bible, um, he's condensing stories and mixing it up, and, and that's not important. Yeah. It gets important to us 2,000 years later. And I'm not 100% sure it should be. Okay? I think I'll go down with Shirley's line. Let's learn our Bibles, and, and, and when it's time to defend ourselves, quote it like crazy, even if we get it wrong. <laughs> mm,
4: good.
1: Let the, the Holy Spirit do it. But uh, some, it's an interesting lesson there that not to resist the Holy Spirit, whatever that is.
4: Okay. Yes.
1: So, all right, so brothers and sisters, thank you very much for a, a great opportunity to get back into studying again. So next, next week, chapter eight, where the, the, the message starts to get here. out of Jerusalem, we start using some other people, again, not apostles. Um, what will
0: happen:
1: Oh wait a second, oh, we've got to kill Stephen. Yes we have to kill Stephen, and then we'll get on to getting, getting out of town. OK Yes.
4: so much there. Just yeah. remember, it's sacred history.
1: So it's, it's not a gospel. It's, it's the history of how the gospel gets to run. So it's important, important but But as a genre, you have to remember what type of genre you
3: are.
0: Thank you for listening. If you've been blessed by this teaching, let us know by leaving a comment on our Facebook page or leaving a review in iTunes. You can offer practical support to Christ Church Jerusalem by clicking the Donate Now button on our Facebook page. Thank you and blessings from the City of the King.